you're listening to the Way Community Church Lakeland podcast, where our mission is to reach people with the life-giving message of Jesus Christ, that they might become fully devoted followers of Christ. We hope this message from our weekend service encourages you in your walk with the Lord. And now, here's the message. New series today we're calling The Heart of Our Church. Uh, If I was to title this message, we would call it To Know God. I have a verse that I'm going to read to you that we don't have in PowerPoint, Mary. I'm sorry. Um, It's in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17, and uh, no, verse 16. He says, I pray that from his glorious and unlimited resources, he would empower you with inner strength through his spirit. And Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And you may have power to understand. You'll have power to understand. You'll have power to understand all, as all God's people should, just how wide, just how long, just how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience, may you experience the love of Christ May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to fully understand. Then you will be made complete with the fullness of life and the power that comes from God. Let's pray. Jesus, help. Amen. Amen. You can have a seat. I have a... um, a sermon brewing today, guys, and I, I, it's like fire shut up in my bones, man. I'm, I am passionate about this one. Uh, so much so, uh, this is an interesting thing to say. There are sometimes there's a sermon that is just too great to like carry. I don't, I, I, I look back through my notes for the last five years of sermons, and I've never done a sermon on this topic, and I don't think I've ever done one in the 12 years of being a pastor, mostly because this subject is just intimidating. Today, we're going to talk about knowing God um, through the con, um, through the image of what the scripture would define as, as marriage, as holy matrimony. And, um, and so I always get nervous with this, one, because uh, my wife is looking right at me when I'm preaching this message, number one. Number two, um, the church is looking at me, like there's a massive accountability, a reflection, like God's word is. Uh, but three, um, I know that there are people that are not married, and I always like wonder, like, man, this... This feels like one-sided. And um, today, I want you to know that as what the Lord kind of reminded me about before we started this, is that the scripture talks about marriage a lot. And it's not even for those that are to be married in this room, but it's to understand that, that biblical marriage is to reflect the kingdom of God. And so it's a type of, it's like Jesus talking about a vineyard or things that are good. And so I want you to know that if you are married today, you, if you've entered into the vows of marriage, you've entered into a covenant with the Lord and you have a responsibility to reflect the heart of God, that we want you to know the love of God. And For everyone that's not married, I would say this. Let me read you a few verses here. One, we love him because he first loved us. 1 John chapter 4 verse 19. You believe that? 
Psalms 139, verse 17, how precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. Man, it's good to be loved by God. Listen to this verse, Psalms 23, verse 6. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I just, I want you to know that God loves all of you and is passionate about everyone here in this room. Marriage is a type of that's supposed to reflect that kind of love for you. And so today you may be in marriage and it may be unhealthy. Today you may be longing to be married one day, but regardless of all of those things, we have to look above your situation wherever you sit today and know that we only learn true love from Christ. Everything else is a fraction. Amen? All right, cool. And so here's what I'm asking. If you're sing if you are not married today, would you stand to your feet with me? You're not married and you're in this room. A couple things I want you to be aware of. Be careful. Um, not everyone in this room is called to be married. That's really important that you understand that because you can hurt yourself pursuing something that you think everyone is automatically entitled to in this world. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 7, Apostle Paul would say, like, like it's better for you that you're not married. Now, there are other people in this room. Some of you are like, I, I, I disagree with that. And there are some other people in this room that are married right now that would tell you, trust me, it would be... Uh, 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 but, but hear this, Songs of Solomon chapter 8 verse 4 would say this, Promise me, O women of Jerusalem, not to awaken love until its time is right. Let me just pray over you and tell you some things that I think is important for you to know as, a, as the heart of a pastor and as the heart of a father. Let me pray over you. Lord, I pray that they understand that you are the lover of their soul. You are their provider, and that they are never alone. Yeah. And I pray that they would understand, they would have the ability with all the saints to understand and comprehend how high, how deep, how wide, how long your love is for us. I pray that your resurrection power moves in their life, that they would know, that they would know that your thoughts towards us are truly overwhelming. In Jesus' name, you can have a seat. To, to y'all, I want you to understand a couple things. One, one of the hardest things in life to those that are not today married is learning to trust in God's timing. That never changes whether you're not married or you are married. Uh, those that are married actually struggle. It amplifies waiting and trusting. It gets more and more difficult. Uh, but where you're at right now, learn these ingredients in your heart to wait on the Lord's timing. The next thing I wanted to make sure is you understand how, what's a good illustration for that. I think about, I love food. Yesterday, we made some chicken on the hibachi grill, and it was wonderful. And I just think to ourselves, how bad would it be if we served that chicken before it was right? <laughs> Could still taste good. It's going to have a bad result. What you need to know is that in this season, God is preparing you for something glorious. The scripture says you are his bride. Men, you're a bride also. 
It's weird. Um, but you, you're going to have to know that like the most important thing in your life is getting all sin out of your life so that when you become a covering of someone else, you know how to be a true protector. Hate sin in your life. The next thing I want you to know just briefly is don't ever be unequally yoked. Don't look for someone that doesn't love the Lord as radical as you. In your life, what you're looking for is someone that actually will push you further. For everyone that's married, do you agree with this? Yes. Don't compromise. There, you get one pick for the rest of your life. Daggone it, make it a good one. And if there's one thing you want that person to do, they may not be great at making money, smelling good, working, I don't know what, but make sure that they love Jesus because that will pour over into everything else that you do in your life. Know you. In this time, Apostle Paul said that in your call, he wants to make sure that, that, that you don't run into Mary because as soon as you get married, your calling is going to change. You, you're, gonna be able, you're not going to be able to serve the Lord as radically as you once did. So what are you looking for in a spouse? Make sure that the person that you want to marry, they know their calling. Are they called to missions? Are they, are they called to be in ministry? Are they called to be an entrepreneur and finance the house of God? Are they a servant? If they can't serve the Lord and they can't serve the church, they'll never serve you. I'm preaching a lot better than some of y'all are giving me credit for right now. <laughs> Listen, I need you all to know, those of you that are single, there are things that you're looking for in someone. The number one thing I believe you should look for in someone that you may be looking for is this. Someone that fears God. Yes. I'm serious. I believe my wife had every reason to leave me a million times. And she stayed because God told her, no, stop it. And I thank God that he loves me that much. But you don't want someone that quits because things are difficult. The responsibility of a holy matrimony is to reflect the covenant promise of the father towards his bride. And you want someone that fears the Lord enough to make sure that they're submissive to the Lord always. Okay. Fear the Lord. Make sure that you know their calling and they know yours and they align up. Um, and just trust his timing. But you are married to the Lord. Before me and Teresa got, oh my gosh, I got to move. Before me and Teresa got married, uh, I remember the Lord speaking over to me. You are my beloved and I am his. Uh, he is my beloved, and I is his. And I used to say that over and over in every season. I am married to Jesus. I'm married to Jesus. Like, I, I, I loved what I found in him. I loved, like, I'd never known a love like this before. Someone that truly embraced me and washed me in the blood and made me new. And please know that kind of love because that's the kind of love you're going to want when all of the passion wears off. And it, it does. Um, you can make it passionate again, but it is work. Now I'm going to talk to all the couples in the room. If you are currently married, would you stand to your feet this morning? 
I want you to know God. 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 We are not in the business in the house of God of, of, of berating your spouse. Let me make sure you understand that. That is your partner. And to make them defeat it, man, I've never seen anything like it, like, like someone who feels like they're not a champion. They hang their heads so low like they're castrated. This, th this is your partner, your best friend. And we work towards that. And let me make sure you, I remind you of the vow that you shared. You didn't come to an altar and promise that you would love them as long as they loved you. The vow that you shared was that you would love them till death do us part. If we were rich, if we were not rich, if we were ugly, if they get hit by a bus, that's what you promised. And the purpose of your marriage is to be a picture of his love to a broken world. There is a world out there that is full of hurt. And we want to define to them what love is and what commitment is. Let me pray for you. Jesus, I pray that you would teach us how to accept your love. How to accept your forgiveness. I pray that you would teach acceptance in this room to our spouse. And you would allow us to teach forgiveness. Let us be a reflection of what you first give us. In Jesus' name, amen. You can have a seat. And I charge all of you, in the sound of my voice today, that are married to remember that you have a responsibility to those that were not standing to reflect that. Let me rephrase it. You have a responsibility to me to remind me, Pastor, what love and commitment and devotion and sacrifice is supposed to look like. Can I get an amen? amen. And it's really difficult in life when people that you love break that promise. It hurts all of us. Marriage is a picture of love, forgiveness, sacrifice, humility, kindness, passion, and faithfulness. So what is marriage? Um, in Scripture, in Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, the Lord looked at Adam and he said, it's not good for you to be alone. So I'll make a helper for you. Make sure if you're looking for a spouse that you see them in community. Because people that withdraw from community too much will often end up alone. And in marriage, we can't ever be alone. And there's such power in that. And some of you are like, man, I don't believe that. I, I, we have to look at the Trinity. Like we have to look at the Lord. The Lord was always in unity and always served one another. Jesus would say, Father, like, like your will be done above mine. And Jesus would say that there's one coming after me. That, that, like, like he, he was always trying to say that someone else is greater. Someone else is in marriage. You're not alone. You're not on your own island. Be careful when you get alone because the enemy loves to divide and conquer. There's no division. It's not me versus you. It's me and you. 
me and you. Hmm. So in the garden, it's not good for man to be alone. In verse 23, what happened is the Lord put Adam to sleep. And he spoke um, in verse 23 when the words of, he said, now this is bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. I want to make sure you understand this concept of oneness. We were made for each other. I, I don't believe there is a such thing as the one until you marry. And now that's the one. Uh, yeah, that's it. Like you, we were made of flesh of my flesh, bone of my bone. And Jesus would take that same verse and add to it in, in, in Matthew chapter 19. Have you not read that he who made them at the beginning made male and female? That's a word for another time. <clears throat> male and female was all that he made. Uh, for this reason, man shall leave his mother and father and be joined to his wife. For those of you that are still younger, you need to know um, men... You become a provider. You provide for your spouse. And that's now how we do life. We come out from underneath the covering of our parents. And it says, um, shall leave mother and father and be jo joined to their wife. And the two shall become one flesh. They shall no longer be two, but now they are one. Y'all see that? This is not your enemy. They're not, this is, look at all the great things that I'm doing. Look at what you're not doing. Amen. Remember, Jesus didn't come into the world to condemn the world, but that through the world through him would be saved. We act as, as a reconciler for our spouses when they're not doing well. We lift them up. Then, um, and then he says, therefore, what God has joined together, let no man separate. Let me just make sure I, I say this before we go any further. I've heard people come to me and say, Pastor, we went to, uh, things aren't good, and we went to a marriage counselor, and the marriage counselor that we said that we should get a divorce. Leave that counselor immediately. Leave that counselor immediately. Now, the message of this service is no God. It's not about you getting married or any of those other things. But what I want you to understand is what's in the heart of God. It, it grieves me when people leave a church or leave a community or leave something. Like, well, I've been in situations that were bad, and I'm going to ride that thing as long as I can. We've been on bad baseball teams, and if we committed, we're going to fulfill our commitment. We need to live again in a day where men do what they say they're going to do. Amen? Amen? Soldiers, men that would lay their lives down because I said I would. What man joined together, let no man separate. So let me tell you to know God. I believe that knowing God is knowing his love and his affection and his sacrifice. I love that song that we sang just a couple of minutes ago. We crowned you for the, for the nails that were in your hand, for the, for the, for the stripes that you bore, for the, for the crown on your head, for the blood that was like, man, we crowned you. God, you are good. You did that to get to me. Never known love like that before. I've been rejected and abandoned more times than I can count by people I thought were going to be there, but not him. I've never known a love like that. Now, what the world needs to see is people that will receive that love and give it back. And that, my friends, is the institute of marriage. It's covenant. It's commitment. So me and my wife, we, we committed a long time ago to never use the D word in our home. 
The word is, is divorce. We don't like that word. We don't, we don't use it. There have been a lot of times we thought about it. I'm not going to lie. Real life happens in the contents of the broken household. And it's been hard sometimes. My wife has had to deal with me. <laughs> so, oh, God, I thank you. Um, uh, and so here's what I want you to know. Does the Lord hate divorce? I want you to know what he loves. He loves you. The scripture says that he would leave the 99 to go find you. But what he, what he hates is divorce. Let me take you to Malachi chapter 2. And I'll read you this. Didn't the Lord make you one with your wife? In body and in spirit, you are his. What does he want? Godly children from your union. So guard your heart and remain loyal to the wife of your youth. For I hate divorce, says the Lord, the God of Israel. To divorce your wife is to overwhelm her with cruelty, says the Lord of heaven's armies. So guard your heart and do not be unfaithful to your wife. The only grounds for divorce that I find in Scripture is, is, is unfaithfulness. Now, let me make sure I, I, I speak this clearly to everyone here. If you are in a situation in your marriage and there has been unfaithfulness or abuse, there should, number one, be repentance. There should, number two, be confession. There, there should be accountability established with other people. And there should be some healthy boundaries established for abuse or infidelity. Am I clear? Yeah. Healthy boundaries, counseling, confession. Outside of that, the conversation should come up. I committed till death do us part. Not if you can provide for me. That wasn't what we said. It wasn't said as long as you're sexy or you turn me on. That's not, that's not what we committed when we stood before the altar. When I promised you in front of all your friends and family. Are we on the same page? Y'all still like your pastor? Yep. Is he still a really handsome, awesome, powerful, muscular, good-looking, anointed dude? Here's what I know what Scripture says. The Apostle Paul said this in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse, verse 13. He says, this is, is, a, is a true saying worthy of full acceptance, that if we are unfaithful, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny who he is. Did you hear that? If I am unfaithful, he is faithful. Now, why I love that I went through nine, ten years of being a single Christian before I, met, before I married is because I had to recognize my unfaithfulness and his faithfulness. To this day, I am so grateful that my wife has put up with me. There are so many reasons I could have given her to act like people in this world and leave me, but she did not. She has stood by me, and I'm so. And she's not in the room. That's why I'm talking about her. I don't like talking about people when they're present. You know, it makes me uncomfortable. But I'm so thankful for her and the way that she has shown Christ to me. Ezekiel 34:11 said, "This is what the Sovereign Lord says: I myself will search for my sheep and will look after them." 1 John 4, 19 says, we love because he first loved us. And Romans chapter 5, verse 8 says that God demonstrates his love towards us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Let me make sure I give you the real deal. If you are not married, I want you to know what you're, what's going to happen. 
the person that you says I do to you, there will be no one that hurts you in your life more than that person. No one that will lay you down and disappoint you more than that individual. But the responsibility that I have found in Jesus is that I have disappointed Christ more times than I could ever imagine. I have let him down. I have made him promise after promise after promise that I wouldn't look, that I wouldn't speak, that I wouldn't act, that I wouldn't hide sin in my heart, but I have. And while I was a sinner, Christ, he died for me. So what is your commitment? Your commitment is to lay your life. We have a world out there that thinks that marriage is about love. Baloney. No, 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 no. It's about sacrifice. It's about commitment. I found someone that I will not live my life without. So I committed to my wife. You can leave me. I will find you. You know why? Because I am, I am hopeless without her. Some of you actually know me and know that is a true statement. I don't know where my car keys are, my sh- this, all, everything I'm wearing today. I would be naked on this stage today if it was not for my wife. I will find her. Babe, what, uh, Trey, I know you don't want to be with me anymore. Can you just tell me what I should wear today? I just, I don't know. <laughs> just, and where, who do I pay that bill to again? And what is that amount? And do I have any money? Um, <laughs> Know God. Know that your responsibility is not to be loved. I think that that's the deception in this world that we entered into a relationship where I will love you as long as you love me. I will be good to you as long as you are good. And let me just tell you, that's horse crap. That's Disney selling you something that's not real. We are about covenant relationship that the Lord said, I will love you. For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son that whoever believeth him would not perish but have everlasting life because he loves me. Not because I'm really good at doing anything, but because he is really awesome. So now what should marriage look like? The reason why the purpose of this sermon is not to glorify marriage. It's to glorify the Lord. We want to know him. We want to receive his acceptance of us because he accepts us. Just as I am, he calls me, and then he calls me to change. There is a standard. There is a standard in my home. I'll fight for that standard. But my job is to just make sure that I'm fulfilling this. I cannot change my wife. She cannot change me. She has tried. (laughs) But I can't accept her. She can't accept me. And in that, there is love. I know I'm stepping on a lot of people's broken areas today. I cannot be sorry. I believe the Lord is speaking. So I'm going to read you a passage that's really quite wonderful. And um, I don't know how much, yeah, oh golly. All right, I'll do this as quickly as I can. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 21. Furthermore, I want you to, this is Paul talking about what marriage looks like, the institute of marriage. And if you're not married, this still applies to you. You are learning what you're looking for. You are also learning who you are to become. 
I'm a student of God's word. Right now, if God gave you what you wanted, you'd ruin it. And further, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Now hear that. He said, I want you to submit to one another. There are men in the church that think they can use that verse to manipulate their wives because only the wives submit. But I hear them saying, submit to one another. We operate in our home through unity. I submit to my bride. She also submits to me. And she establishes me as the head voice in the family. I'm the head disciplinary. Uh, I, my kids know when dad comes home, you better have gotten it right beforehand. Because I'm going to whoop you. I am swear I will. I'm, some people don't believe in discipline anymore. It's just scripture. I swear it's just scripture. Okay. Well, for wives, for wives, this means to submit to your husbands as to the Lord. Women, submit to your husband. Now, there, are, there is a voice that discredits amongst the world, and if we're not careful, that culture will creep into the church where women criticize men for not leading. But let me make sure what you know, what many counselors see often is when you criticize and when you tear down and when you take the reins as the leader of your home, he never wants to because he doesn't want to get it wrong. He doesn't want to be wrong. He doesn't, and so their leadership diminishes, 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 diminishes. Women, establish him as the leader. It's easy for you to do because you love the Lord. And so if you can allow the Lord to be your leader, then you can allow him to be your leader. But you can't serve the Lord and you lead the Lord. I don't lead Jesus. He leads me. He is the head of this church. Amen? Amen. So... You can empower. You can set a time that we want to do the devotion. You can remind him that you're late to lead us in this. You can encourage him on how it, you want it to look. You can, but if you want to lead, then make all the decisions. Or criticize him when he is making the decisions. Women, submit to your husbands. Can I, is this good truth? Men, can I get an amen for this? Amen. All right. Now, I hear this all the time. Women are like, oh, that's so terrible. It sounds so awful. Women have to submit to the wives or to their husbands. Let me make sure you understand this. This is so easy compared to what men are called to do. Listen to this. This, this is unfortunate. Like, women, you got it easy. You just got to, like, honor me a little bit. Like, let me pretend that you think that I know what I'm talking about. Like, I know that you planted the idea in my head and are just helping me execute it. But thank you for doing that. For wives, this means to submit to your husbands as the Lord. For a husband is the head of his wife, as Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior of his body, the church. And as the church submits to Christ, so the wives should submit to your husbands in everything. Can you imagine what church would look like if we didn't actually seek the Holy Spirit to lead us today? But there's a lot of churches that do that. There's a lot of churches that are operating without actually asking God, what do you want to do in our midst? For husbands, this means you should love your wives as Christ loved the church. And he gave his life for her to make her holy and clean, washing and cleansing her by the word of God. He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without spot or wrinkle or any blemish. 
Instead, so men, you should live holy and you should lead with the standard of godliness in your home. Now, I recognize that for the most part, in a lot of homes, women have a voice of the Holy Spirit. They sense what is impure. You set the tone. You agree, you validate, and you say, this is not acceptable. This is not what we're going to do. You don't let her do it. You, dis- you make the decision. Amen. Does this make sense? Amen. The world is looking for what the church is supposed to look like, what the bride of Christ is supposed to look like, and what the love of the Father is. And we, as, as married couples, establish that. It's what healthy relationships... People love to be around healthy marriages. There's laughter. There's kindness. There's sacrifice. Men have to lay their lives down. And you do that. Let me make sure you do it one Men, you get a job. All of you, you work. A man that doesn't provide for his family, the scripture says, is worse than an, than an infidel. Men, you work. That's what you do. You lay your lives down. It was the curse in the Garden of Eden when man and woman fell. Man, you're going to work the land for the rest of your life. Women, you got some pain coming your way. Most of your pain is, is the guy. I get it. Uh, <laughs> Men, you must lay your lives down. Now I'm going to go and finish. Instead, she will be holy without fault. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. No one hates his body but feeds and cares for it. Just as Christ cares for the church, we are members of his body. Then I'd say this, as, a, as the church would say, a man leaves his mother and father to be joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. I have to stop there and I have to say this. Make sure that you don't enter into premarital sex. Because you will create soul ties that are ungodly when two people become one. It is really gross to untie the things that happen spiritually through the, the contents of marriage. It's supposed to be marriage, not pleasure. It becomes pleasure through intimacy and vulnerability. Amen? Amen. All right, cool. Just making sure we're all on the same page. Soul ties are real, man, and they're gross, and they're really difficult to untie. So I say this again, Paul said, each man must love his wife as he loves himself, and a wife must respect her husband. I close with this. I'm going to have... If you're a prayer partner, would you come stand? And uh, if you're preparing to sing a song, would you come back? Wives, you should respect your husband. There's a really good book out there. I'm a student of marriage because I care about marriage. If you want to get better at your marriage, study it. If things aren't broken in, in your relationship, please know that the answer to the brokenness in your relationship is This is critical you hear me on this. Forget everything else. If you have brokenness in your relationship, the solution is not telling them that they suck or that they're broken. That's not what Jesus did. He loved me in my brokenness, accepted me there, and showed me the standard of goodness. So there's a really good book out there called Love and Respect by Dr. Emerson. And this, this, this is, a, is a saying, it says, women must respect their husbands. 
Because a man that is, feels disrespected starts being unloving. And a man who is unloving starts creating a woman to be disrespectful. And then more disrespect creates unlove. And unlove creates more disrespect. And I didn't know that men need respect. I actually would say, I think I need a lot more than, than that. That's probably the least on my list. But the Lord said you need to be respected. There's something about a man being affirmed in his identity at the core. And so if you can see in yourself that you are currently disrespecting someone, that may be why the circle is broken in your life. So how do you break the circle? One person has to decide, I will love you like Christ loved me. And I will lay my life down and I will humble myself and I will wash your feet and I will fix things and I will do things long after I'm tired and exhausted. I will care about the things that you care about because I love you. I will lay my life down as a sacrifice. Did Jesus sacrifice because he loves you? And the only way that you can love someone else is to receive that love. Then you duplicate it. And then, women, you have to choose honor. You have to choose kind words. You have to choose to see the things that is great in them, even if you don't. Like Ezekiel prophesying over dry bones. You speak to as things that are not as though they are. You begin prophesying. You begin stirring them up, encouraging, putting great, strong, powerful things in them. And a man is the simplest thing in the world. Men are we're dumb. You tell a guy that he's great, and all of a sudden he will want to wash the toilet. <laughs> is it not true? You just have to know. Look, I know in this room that there, there are people that are broken. And... Um, Here's what I pray over our people, everyone, whether you're single today or whether you are married. I pray that you can accept the love of God. And you can forgive. And I pray that you can accept others and forgive. That's what the Institute of Marriage is really all about. It's not if you love me. It's I promised I will love you. I want you to know God. Not know about him, but know him. And so in order to do that, I want to ask that you receive the love of God that surpasses knowledge. Would you do me a favor and close your eyes and bow your heads? In this room today, I believe that there are many that need to receive the kindness and the grace of our Lord Jesus. You've done wrong. You've said some things that the Lord has said, this is not okay. And in order for you to be the healthy person that Christ has called you to be, you need to repent, confess, and then receive the love of God. That's really what happens in every day of our life, all the time. This is just Christianity, yet it gets so complicated in some situations in our life. 
Do you know that he loves you even though you have made so many mistakes? If you're here and you know that you have done wrong and today you're asking that the Lord would wash you, would you raise your hand? God bless you. 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 If you're here today and there's brokenness in you, whether you're single or in your marriage, I want to pray for you. I want to pray that you would be able to, with all of the saints, comprehend how deep, how wide, how long the love of Christ is for you. That you would be able to receive infinitely awesome sacrifice. If that's you and there's brokenness in you, would you just stand to your feet right now? Right now. Right now. I love you. 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 If your relationship needs a touch from God, stand to your feet. If you're here and you're, 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 you're battling loneliness in your life, stand to your feet. We're going to open the altars to prayer, and then I'm going to dismiss everyone. And if you're standing, I'm going to ask you to come down so we can lay hands on you. We want to impart to you the only person that can truly change what's going on inside of you, and that's the Holy Spirit. And I believe... He is here today. Jesus, I pray for your bride that she would be holy and pure and without blemish. That she would be loved. That she would know that she's never alone. That you're always with her. And that you are fully committed to her that you provide, that you sacrifice, that you lift up, that you take care. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would be with your people today. Let your face shine on them, God. I pray that they would know that your thoughts are so great towards them. I bless your people today that we would love like you loved us. In Jesus' name and all God's people said. Amen. If you're standing, I want to welcome you to come down and receive prayer. And if you don't need prayer, I, um, you're welcome to stay. Everyone else, you can be dismissed. I love you guys so much. I'm so grateful for you. Thank you for joining us at The Way today. Our prayer is that through a relationship with Jesus, you would know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you'd like to find out more about our church, please visit us online at thewaylakeland.com or by visiting our Facebook page at The Way Lakeland or Instagram page at The Way Church Lakeland.